0: At least 12 senators, including Ted Cruz, Marsha Blackburn, Josh Hawley, and other strong conservatives will vote against certifying the Electoral College vote this week. Given the irregular and in some places unconstitutional way that the election was conducted, they are proposing an emergency 10-day audit of the election, which seems fair to me. The left gave us 15 days to slow the spread. Well, we'll give them 10 days to certify the vote. What a way to start the year. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. Welcome to the new year. I hope you all had a good Christmas, and I hope you all had a good New Years, and I hope you all had a good Kwanzaa. Apparently, Kamala Harris did which we will get to a little later. My favorite comment from last year, the last episode we did of last year from AW, 1967 song of the year respect by Aretha Franklin, 2020 song of the year WAP by Cardi B. We have come so far. We have. That shows you everything you need to know about progress. Progress uh, not not always uh, bending the arc of history toward justice and happiness and hope and all that sort of stuff. Sometimes things can get worse, and things may be getting worse. Uh, it's still it's still very much up in the air. 2021 feeling a lot like 2020. Everyone thought 2020 was so bad, that it's going to end, and then 2021 is going to be really great. Well, 2021 feels a bit like a hangover to me. I had a few friends come over to my house for Christmas and New Year's. We had a good time. And sometimes when the boys come over, we have a few adult beverages. And then the next morning, sometimes we're not feeling so good. That's why you got to know about Liquid IV. Liquid IV is a very popular hydration drink mix, but that's not all. Their energy multiplier is a game changer. gives you that extra boost when you need it. One stick is like drinking two cups of coffee, and it's an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks for a sustained energy boost throughout the day. Half of Americans report that they struggle with daily fatigue. Liquid IV's premium matcha and green energy blend tastes delicious and provides a lasting energy boost throughout the day. Contains a mixture of matcha, Guyana, and ginger that's high in antioxidants that helps improve mood and focus. Uh, You can also use it if you're an athlete. It it, it really helps to uh, you know, after you've been working out and sweating all the time. Obviously that's not really why I use it, but sometimes I need a boost at work. And sometimes I've had a couple too many Coca-Colas. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com. Use code Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L at checkout. It's 25% off anything you order when you use code Michael at liquidiv.com. Start fueling your adventures today at liquidiv.com, promo code Michael. I told you so. I hate to say that I told you so, you know how much it bothers me, but I told you so. <laughs> Back about three weeks ago now, at least, when everyone was trying to angle and figure out exactly how Trump was going to win the election after the Georgia was certified and after Pennsylvania and after then there were challenges and this and the court and the Supreme Court. I said, there's only one path left. The only path left is the Compromise of 1877, which is this very complex thing that happened during the Rutherford B. Hayes versus Sam Tilden presidential election. And they came to a conclusion in 1877 to give Hayes the presidency and give Democrats in the South some, some extra goodies. Very few people were talking about this at the time. I actually worried when I mentioned it on my show because I feared that it was so boring that no one was going to care about it. However, I knew it was the only way that Trump could, could possibly mount a a challenge anymore to the election. And that is exactly what they are going to do. And the left is absolutely furious about it. This letter that came out from Senator Cruz, Hawley, a number of other strong conservatives, it points out, there is a long precedent of democratic members of Congress raising objections to presidential election results as they did in 1969, 2001, 2005, and 2017. And in both 1969 and 2005, a Democratic senator joined with a Democratic House member enforcing votes in both houses on whether to accept the presidential electors being challenged but the most direct precedent on this question arose in 1877. And the letter then describes exactly what we described on this show. I think it was December 15th. And the way this election was resolved in 1877 was that there was an electoral commission appointed where there were five members of the house, five members of the Senate, five members of the Supreme Court, and it was a political compromise and they worked and they gave it to the Republican Rutherford Hayes. Will this work this time? What does it mean this time? We'll get to that in one second. First, though, I want to just savor how upset the left has become over this. Eric Swalwell, who is uh, best known for, he used to be best known for uh, humiliating himself on television. Now he's best known for sleeping with a Chinese spy. Eric Swalwell is calling the Republicans uh, holding up the electoral certification enemies. He's calling them enemies of democracy. And he names all the people who signed this letter. Jake Tapper of CNN, you know, straight shooter Jake Tapper of totally objective CNN is going further somehow than Swalwell, calling all of these senators seditious. Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska slammed Hawley and other members of the sedition caucus saying, quote, adults don't point a loaded gun at the heart of legitimate self-government. Late Saturday, Senator Mitt Romney said in a blistering statement, quote, I could never have imagined seeing these things in the greatest democracy in the world has ambition so eclipsed principle. I want to note that we invited each of the 12 senators involved in plotting this disgraceful effort to come on the show this morning to try to defend and explain their position. Each of them declined or failed to respond. It all recalls what Ulysses S. Grant once wrote in 1861, quote, there are but two parties now traitors, and patriots. How would you describe the parties today? Two parties, traitors and patriots. How would you describe them? Which party do you think is the traitorous party? Which is the patriotic party? Uh, One party, the Democratic Party, uh, spent most of 2020 setting American flags on fire. Those were the really rambunctious ones in the streets. The ones who were a little more genteel just protested the American flag on NFL fields and in the halls of Congress, and in corporate boardrooms, all of them protesting the actual flag of the United States. And uh, the more eccentric uh, Democrats who poured into the street by the thousands and thousands in cities around the country, burned down businesses, burned down courthouses, burned down institutions of law and order. So that's the Democratic side, actually burning not only the symbol of the country, but the country itself. And on the Republican side, you have senators following the constitutional process. And according to Jake Tapper, the people who burn the country down are the, are the patriots and the people who follow the constitutional process are the traitors. And Jake Tapper, who pretends to be reasonable, who pretends to be the moderate centrist, call it like it is guy with the really serious face and the suit and tie on CNN, that guy is going to tell you that with a straight face, but it is completely absurd. If anybody, I don't like to go out there and use these terms, treasonous, seditious. I don't even like to say unpatriotic, but sometimes you got to call a spade a spade when Democrats are coming out and actively protesting the American flag, when they are reframing American history, according to the 1619 project and saying America's hopelessly bigoted and rotten to the core and we need to basically upend it. Well, then I got to call a spade a spade and say, you asked me the question, Jake, the Democrats would be the traitorous, treasonous, awful, unpatriotic party. And that's just the way it is. If the election process were reversed, let me just ask you, this this might help you answer Tapper's question. If the election process were reversed and let's say it were highly contested and a lot of states changed the rules right at the very end, some states violated their own state constitutions, broke different laws, shut down polling places, and then secretly kept counting votes. If that were happening and, and thereby the election went to Donald Trump, do you think the left would say, okay, that's fine. We'll get them next time. Okay. Well, that's too bad, but we got to certify the vote. We can't possibly pursue the legal challenges that we Democrats have pursued many times before. Right? Do you think they'd be doing that? No, they'd be burning down the country. They, you're right. We wouldn't, we probably wouldn't be dealing with a fight in the Senate or the, the Congress about certifying the electoral vote because the Democrats would be burning the country to the ground like they spent most of 2020 doing. Let me ask you another: Do you think this was a fair election? Do you think it was fair? I, I don't need to ask you. I think you probably you're probably like-minded on this question. But even when when there have been public polling surveys about this, a lot of this country does not think it was a fair election at all, and we can point to specific examples why. It's not like they're just plucking that out of thin air. Conservatives right now are not burning down the country. We're following a legal process, and some Republicans are very upset with us, okay? But this is how you've got to play politics. I, I want—I don't want to burn down the country. I don't want to play exactly like the left does. But I want to play as hard as the left does. I just want to do it in a legal manner. I want to do it in a more civilized manner. But I want to play just as hard. I don't want to acquiesce. I don't want to roll over. I don't want to just let them get away with irregularities and outright unconstitutional actions. The problem is not even just the politicians here. To show you what we are up against, the problem is not just the politicians. It's the politicians, it's big technology, it's higher education, it's lower education, it's administrative government, and it's corporate America exhibit A on corporate America's side in all of this. When Hawley comes out and he says, okay, we're going to follow this process. We're going to challenge the uh, electoral certification. Walmart, one of the largest corporations in the country, tweets out in, re- in response to Hawley, go ahead, get your two hour debate, hashtag sore loser. That's an ostensibly apolitical company tweeting at a Republican senator condemning him for following a constitutional process. Hawley responded, by the way, and said, thanks Walmart for your insulting condescension. Now that you've insulted 75 million Americans, will you at least apologize for using slave labor, which they do? Or maybe you'd like to apologize for the pathetic wages you pay your workers as you drive mom and pop stores out of business. The, the Hawley of it all, the Josh Hawley, uh, this debate with Walmart and also Hawley's role in this broader debate over the certification, this is going to show you what this electoral challenge is, is really all about. Because I don't think it's so much about the presidential election outcome. A little bit it's about that, but still uh, odds are not looking very good in Trump's favor. It's about the future of conservative politics. It's about the future of the Republican party there are a lot of republicans who are going to hate Josh Hawley's line of attack here right cuz what Josh Hawley's saying is hey Walmart you're you you're a bunch of jerks you hate us culturally you are not afraid of anything right you're going to you're you're going to scream at a conservative senator for following the constitution and uh, and by the way i don't like your business practices, because I think you're draw, killing some mom and pop businesses. I think that's destroying our national culture. And I think you're using slave labor, which is very unfair and wrong and immoral. A lot of Republican elites are going to object to that line of talk, the ones who are really taken with. I don't know, some kind of fashionable theories of free trade from the 1970s or something. And they're going to say, no, we love big business, right? This is, the Republican elites have been pushing this for decades. We, we love big business. Corporation, giant multinational corporations are the greatest things ever. Forget about mom and pop. Let's save two bucks on cheap, cheap Chinese goods and electronics. And Hawley's saying, no, the future for conservatives needs to be a little bit different than that. Conservatives are in a very tricky moment right now. The way that we react to this certification fight is going to tell us a lot, not just about the future of the country, specifically about the future of the party. And we need some serious insurance for the future of our party. And that's why you should check out SelectQuote. SelectQuote is a terrific way to find insurance. A comparison shops, highly rated companies, including Prudential, Banner Life, Mutual of Omaha, and others to find you the company with the best rates. For example, SelectQuote could find a 35-year-old man a half million dollar policy for less than $19 a month. That is less than a dollar a day. A cup of coffee costs more than that. Actually, a lot more than that, depending on what city you're living in. SelectQuote's breakthrough technology allows them to quickly match you with the best insurance policy to find your best quote. And plus, the quotes are free. Let Select Quote save you time and money. Get your free quote at Selectquote.com today. That is Selectquote.com for your free quote. Do not put off protecting your family another day. If you want to be a responsible adult, if you want to start adulting, as the millennials say, go to Selectquote.com. Get full details on the example policy at Selectquote.com/slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors, not available in all states. Conservatives. Are in a very tricky position. I mean, real conservatives, not the, not the ones who just shill for companies that absolutely hate us and hate our values and hate our culture. Conservatives need to fight on multiple fronts. We need to fight against the radical left. We need to fight against the liberal establishment. And we even need to fight against elites in our own party. A lot of them who make up a big portion of it. You saw in that Jake Tapper clip, who did Jake Tapper quote? He didn't quote Democrats. He quoted liberal Republicans, guys like Ben Sass and Mitt Romney, who are so furious. How dare you follow the constitution and challenge this, this certification. Mitt Romney is a good, he, he's a good figure here because usually whenever there's a fight within the Republican party or within the conservative movement and Mitt Romney's on one side, you should just automatically be on the other side. You, it's a, if you don't have time to think it through or read all the documents, just assume if it's one of those fights and Mitt Romney's on one side, just pick the other side. That's a safe bet. Increasingly, it appears the same can be said of Ben Sass. The left only has to fight against one group. Conservatives need to fight against all those three different groups, even within their own party. The left has to fight against one group, which is the people. And I don't want to sound like a demagogue here when I I invoke the people, but I'm being very specific. When I say the left has to fight not against the liberal establishment, they are the liberal establishment, not against the radical left, obviously they are the radical left, not against Republican elites. Republican elites are basically just court jesters in the kingdom of liberalism who legitimize the liberals aims and the liberals rule. When I say the people, what I'm referring to is people without institutional power people who don't get to run Walmart, people who don't run corporate America, the universities, the administrative government, the, you know, deep state, the blob, that kind of thing. I'm talking about people. There is a real divide on the right between conservatives and squishes, right? Between the people who actually care about our culture and our country and waving the American flag and protecting workers and protecting our economy and protecting our way of life, the American way of life. Between those people And the squishes who are basically just liberals who like low taxes. And they're usually going to side with the Democrats. They'll put, put up a little bit of a fight like Mitt Romney, but ultimately they're going to roll over and side with Democrats. There is no divide on the left. Any divide you think there is on the left is an illusory. It is a mirage. The divide that everyone pretends exists on the left is between the establishment Democrats like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and the radical squad, AOC. And we've got to actually, in a way, kind of defend Biden and Pelosi because then if we don't, the radicals like AOC will come out here. They're all the same. AOC just reelected Nancy Pelosi speaker. Just happened while we were all enjoying our eggnog and finishing up our Christmas and New Year's holiday. AOC and the squad, all the squad elected Nancy Pelosi speaker because the squad and the Democrats are, and the sort of establishment Democrats are different in degree, but not in kind. What I mean by that is they all kind of want the same thing. The squad and the socialists and the radicals in the democratic party, they want the Democrats to move faster and the Bidens and the Pelosi's, they want to move a little slower, but they're all moving in the same direction. So there's no real disagreement. There's only a disagreement over tactics. Whereas on the right, there is a disagreement. There's an actual disagreement on the right between the kind of globalization hounds, guys like Mitt Romney, who really don't care about preserving much national culture or uh, the American worker or anything like that. And the the traditional conservative types who say, no, actually there's something more important to life than GDP and high marginal tax cuts. Think about the, the way this works on the left. Actually, the, the greatest way, it's a little bit scary, but the greatest way to show that there's no, no real difference on the left is Kamala Harris. Right now, it looks like she's going to be vice president, sadly. And Kamala Harris is both the farthest left sitting senator, got the most liberal voting record, and she's a total part of the establishment right she's basically an empty suit she lies all the time she will just you know lick her index finger put it up in the air figure out which way the wind's blowing and then go that way and the way the wind is blowing in her party is to the left it's all one thing the radical left and the establishment democrats is all basically one thing the way you can see this was the the probably the single funniest video that was put out during all of christmas and new years was when kamala harris came out and described how how meaningful how wonderful this time of year is for her because of her deep attachment to kwanzaa happy holidays everyone i wanted to take a moment to send my warmest wishes to everyone celebrating kwanzaa like so many other holidays we will be celebrating kwanzaa a little differently this season in our home we'll be doing it over zoom you know my sister and i we grew up celebrating kwanzaa Every year, our family and our extended family, we would gather around across multiple generations and we'd tell stories. The kids would sit on the carpet and the elders would sit in chairs and and we would light the candles and, of course, afterwards have a beautiful meal. I'm going to go out on a limb. And uh, look, who knows? Maybe she's telling the truth. I don't believe her. I don't believe that Kwanzaa was very important to Kamala Harris when she was a little child. Part of the reason, of course, is that Kwanzaa did not exist when Kamala Harris was a baby. Kamala Harris was born in 1964. Kwanzaa was invented in 1966, coincidentally, by a deranged lunatic uh, uh, abuser of women, torturer, a guy who went to jail because he uh, electrocuted and, and beat over the head two women who he tortured and imprisoned. This guy, Milana Karenga, his real name was Ron, what was it, Ron something or other. He, and then he renamed himself Milana Karenga. He was a Cal State... Professor of of Africana Studies in the 60s. So it didn't exist when Kamala Harris was a baby. Then, for the first years of Kwanzaa, it was only celebrated by the most ardent black nationalists, people part of the sort of black power movement, the Black Panthers. And uh, I don't think Kamala Harris was part of that at all. Uh, Also, Kamala Harris has lied many times in the past. Uh, Kamala Harris famously said that she loved smoking blunts and listening to Tupac and Snoop Dogg in college. Tupac and Snoop Dogg did not come out with their first albums while Kamala Harris was in college. And of course, when you look up photos of, of Kamala Harris as a little kid, you can find it in, I think in the Washington Post. There are little photos of her celebrating around Christmas time. Is she celebrating Kwanzaa? No. It was a photo that her own campaign sent in of, of her and her sister celebrating Christmas. So I just don't really believe it. And I don't think people generally should celebrate Kwanzaa. It's got a pretty bad history. It's just a radical leftist contrived holiday. And I'm glad that, uh, that Kamala probably didn't celebrate it, but I wish you wouldn't lie about it either. Speaking of liars and identity politics, though, it wasn't just Kamala Harris. There was another hilarious uh, faux pas over the holiday break. Ilaria Baldwin. This is Alec Baldwin's wife. She is a, an influencer, a social media figure in her own right. Ilaria Baldwin, a very famous Spanish person. She's so Spanish, as a matter of fact, that she sometimes forgets the English words for things. She was on the Today Show once and she was trying to remember the word. What's that word for cucumber? Didn't quite come to her right away. We have very few ingredients. We have tomatoes. We have, um, how do you say anything? cucumber? Cucumbers. We have um, red pepper. Um, how do you say? How do you say in English? Uh, the yes, uh, the cucumber. Yes, uh, the cucumber. Turns out, Ilaria Baldwin is not Spanish at all. She doesn't have a drop of Spanish ancestry. She didn't grow up in Spain. Her name's not Ilaria. It's Hillary Hayward Thomas, and she's just been pretending by putting on this big fake Spanish accent. I've known people who do this. Famously, you, you see this with uh, with. Girls who go away and study abroad during college for like five minutes and they come back and they, you know, it could have been, you know, Jane from New Jersey, but she comes back from studying in Seville for two weeks and she says, oh, what the, how is it, how do you say, what is the word is so hard for me to remember because I am a so Spanish now. It's more Italian, I guess, than Spanish. You you get the point. Probably the accent would be just as bad. The only reason this matters, I don't care about Ilaria Baldwin, really, or Alec Baldwin that much. The reason this matters is it shows the absurdity of white privilege and, and so-called marginalized groups. The reason that not just Hilary Baldwin, but all these people, Rachel Dole is all a whole number of professors have pretended to be black, usually pretending to be black or pretending to be Hispanic or pretending to be anything other than the regular old white people that they are is because obviously there is no such thing as white privilege. If there were a white privilege, then all these crazy white people would just be presenting themselves the way they are and not pretending to be a member of some other group. You can can see these, when you watch these videos very carefully, you can see, wait a second, that's not how you pronounce that. Wait a second, I don't think that's really true. Uh, You you need to go in and uh, do this kind of work yourself. By the way, When you want to do it yourself, you got to check out Rock Auto. You know how much I love Rock Auto. Uh, I'm not much of a do-it-yourselfer, but I do love getting a great deal on these uh, car parts. Rockauto.com is so much easier than walking into a store and someone demanding quick answers to things like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? I don't know what my Odyssey is. I don't even know what those letters mean. I'm of course not the handiest guy in the world, but one thing I really, really hate in the car world is when I get ripped off. When you, when you go to the brick and mortar shop, they don't have the part you need. They order it online, probably, probably at Rock Auto and then they charge you a whole lot more. Uh, Don't do that. Rock Auto, totally well stocked family business. they have been in the business for 20 years, which is I think the entire history of online shopping. It hasn't been around much longer than that. They always offer the lowest prices possible. They don't, they don't change their prices all the time based on what the market will bear and all these kind of gimmicks. They just always have really, really reliably low prices. Uh, Wonderful, wonderful company. Head on over to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Then write Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Also, we've been telling you for a long time that The Daily Wire is going to be joining the fight for the culture. On Friday, January 15th, we will be premiering our first feature, Run, Hide, Fight on dailywire.com. This is a feature length film. Uh, We're gonna be doing a special live stream premiere the night before on Thursday, January 14th on the Daily Wire YouTube channel. Uh, I I got to see the movie a while ago. It is a, it's about a school shooting. So it's pretty, we're not, we're not just putting out sort of fluffy, you know, feel good sentimental movies. These are real movies. Uh, This is about a school shooting. Take a look. This is high school. Nothing that happens here matters in the real world. Okay, we are in charge now, so please pull out whichever app you use to do live streaming video. Get them up and running and point it at me. Now! Get down on the ground! Any more friends back there? I'm calling 911. Get back to your homeroom and stay put until the- must be close. You should be ashamed! Very disturbing news out of Vernon Central High School. Zoe. In between breath. the left spent 2020 trying to shut down movies trying to shut down entertainment trying to shut down the culture when they do put out this their kind of their own movies they are, always are poking us in the eye they're undermining the the way we view the world and they're just they're just usually putting out tripe so we're going to we're just going to do it ourselves we're going to put out movies we're not putting out propaganda we're not putting out these real on the nose sort of saccharin movies we're just we're going to put out real cultural works that really say something. I'm a big fan of this movie. Join us on Thursday, January 14th for the premiere. Head over to dailywire.com. We'll be right back with a lot more. Alec Baldwin's eccentric wife puts on that fake Spanish accent because Contrary to popular appearance and popular thought, white privilege is just a sort of myth of political correctness. If there were such a thing as white privilege, then white people would not be pretending to be all these other races, right? The idea of the marginalized groups, well, it's a little more complicated when you look into which groups are really being marginalized. One group that for sure has been marginalized over the past several months, now I guess up to a year is small business owners. Small business owners, I mean, some of the the most cherished businesses in New York, in Los Angeles, all around the country are, are going under. They're going bankrupt now because psycho politicians are locking them down and grabbing a whole lot of power based on absolutely nothing. Some small business owners are fighting back. There's a guy who runs a sandwich shop uh, who, (laughs) He had a health inspector pull up to try to shut down his business where he's trying to comply with the law. He's operating a certain way. Health inspector shows up to try to shut down his business and fine him and put him out, put him out of work. And so this great American patriot just pulls his giant truck in behind the health inspector, blocks him in and says, uh, you know, sir, if I can't work, you can't work. yeah, because he wants to come in here and say yeah. no one can work, so he can't work either. What do you, where do you work? Bread and Barley, right there. Okay. Are you, uh, what's his brother? I'm Carlos Roman. This guy? The, the owner of Bread and Barley? Okay. So, you're the okay. so okay. This guy's saying that you can't work? Yes. So uh, work health department. department. The yeah, department? yeah he, he decided to come today and okay. take pictures yes. of people outside and it's say that you've got to find us and we can't work out yet. So if we can't work, he can't work. Okay, Can you do me a huge favor? I'm not moving my truck. truck. Better get your supervisor out. Right? Yeah, John Because okay. so I ain't in my truck. The chief is not coming. Someone's coming. Well, I'm not moving. Not, we're talking to him, right? He's not going to be there, okay? uh, But so the uh, traffic, traffic, traffic can get you. This is what happens when going people to go. get desperate. I'm desperate. Okay, he's not Who's not going gonna pay pay to pay her carping? Who's going to pay my cook's rent? Listen, I will get a supervisor out here for you, but just so it's not hard on I want it to be hard on everyone. I want everyone to see how hard this is. I want it to be hard on everyone. I want everyone to see how hard this is. This is a very important point that he's making. Now, notice, by the way, the way he's conducting his protest, entirely peaceful. He's just blocking in the health inspector with his car and slowing down traffic. It is, it is a peaceful protest, but it is disruptive. And that's his point. He's saying, this is is very difficult for me. And you're now asking me to stop making it so difficult for everyone else. I'm not the one who made it difficult, buddy. You guys are. You, the politicians and the bureaucrat health inspectors who are enforcing the politicians' mandates and in many ways who have constructed the politicians' mandates. It isn't hard. At a certain point, this business owner gets up in the face of the health inspector and he says, let me ask you a question. Did you get a paycheck last Friday? Did you get a paycheck? Yes, I got a paycheck. Yeah. Okay. My guys didn't get paychecks because you've put a lot of them out of work. How come you get a paycheck, but these other guys don't? And this is, this is what has driven me so crazy uh, during this whole lockdown nonsense, is that for a year now, we've been hearing from liberal elites that it's not a big deal. Stay in your home. You know, just do, do your work on Zoom. Come on, just order Instacart. get groceries delivered to your house. Maybe you've got to do takeout a few times from the steakhouse, but look, that's just the price for us all being in it together. Do you hear how disconnected you are from the reality of most Americans, most of whom do not get to Zoom into work? There are jobs where you don't get to zoom in. I know this is shocking to the McKinsey consultants and the financial analysts at Goldman Sachs who have no problem because look, the lockdown for them is in many ways a vacation. They get to leave Manhattan where they're probably living. Maybe they're living in Brooklyn if they're really hip. They go out to their beach house in the Hamptons. They open up their computer. They go on Wi-Fi and they zoom into work. And maybe if they're out in the Hamptons, it means they have to eat lobster rolls delivery instead of whatever they were going to get in New York. But otherwise, no big deal. Well, people who who are in service industries, first of all, are just going to be laid off. Uh, People who are in a whole lot of other industries, just going to be laid off. And people who have to actually show up in crowded places, not going to be able to have their jobs anymore. And that's a big problem. the, The people who have constructed these Medically pointless lockdowns. Politically, they're very useful, but medically, they're completely pointless. The people who have constructed those lockdowns do not suffer any consequences of those lockdowns. And that is what this exasperated business owner is pointing out. This is is sort of my point on the the broader election issue this idea that they're going to hold up the certification of the Electoral College. (laughs) We need to show the liberal establishment, which includes Republicans like Mitt Romney, as well as the Democratic Party. We need to show them this is not okay. We do not acquiesce to this. I don't think this was a fair election. I think that in Pennsylvania, the, the, the electoral officials there, the election officials there, obviously violated the state constitution, which prohibits the widespread use of mail-in ballots. And they just did it anyway because of partisans on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and because of partisans who were running those elections. I think it was absolutely unconstitutional and it's a national disgrace. I think that in Georgia, it is very clear. We knew this within a day of the election that at certain polling locations, at certain important polling locations, You had election officials come out and say, hey, poll watchers, go home. We're done for the night at 10.30 p.m. And then secretly, they kept counting votes until 12.30 in the morning without any transparency, without any poll watchers. And it wasn't just them. The whole system was opaque. You had poll watchers being sent home at certain places in Pennsylvania The whole idea that election day has now gone to election season and that the the United States greatest democracy in the world can't conduct its own elections. We can't know the results for what, two weeks after the election? It's a farce. It's a national disgrace. I don't think this was fair. Does that mean that I know with hundred percent certainty Donald Trump really got more votes? No, I don't know that. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Maybe Joe Biden actually did get more votes. I don't know. What I know is the process was a disgrace. It was, it was not fair. And in some places it was outright unconstitutional and we need to hold it up and we need to make people realize that this can't continue. I think uh, really what's going on here with the electoral commission is you're seeing a fight within the Republican party. Because if they, if they even came up with an electoral commission, five from the house, five from the Senate, five from the Supreme Court, you're going to lose anyway, right? Because the house is run by the Democrats, Supreme Court is run by the liberals and the Senate is, even the Republicans are split on this. So it's very unlikely that that would change the election for president. However, it could change the direction of the party. You could say, okay, if, if the future of the Republican party is Mitt Romney, give me a new party. I'm out. I'm out. If the future of the Republican party is Mitt Romney rolling over and playing court jester in the kingdom of liberalism, then I guess I'm not a Republican. If the future of the Republican party is conservatives, then that works for me guys who are actually going to stand up, guys who have a spine, guys like Cruz, Hawley, Blackburn, then okay, fine. At least we're doing something. You've got to show it to people though. They're not going to know it. Nobody, nobody is paying attention to these arcane details unless you are listening to conservative talk radio. If you're listening to conservative podcasts, if you're reading in the conservative sort of media chamber, then you're following these things closely if you're doing your own research. But for most people, that's not what's happening. And so you got to show them. That's what this business owner was doing. Things are going to get crazier. It's not, <laughs> everyone was waiting for 2021. Oh good, this is good. It's all better now. It's all going to be fine. Uh-uh. Joe Biden, if he becomes president, which it looks like he will, then he's going to ramp up the lockdowns. He's going to ramp up the masking. Our neighbors to the North, America's hat up there in Canada, actually had police raiding homes because six people gathered together to celebrate New year's take take a listen no, Okay. Okay. not Okay. 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 calm down. Okay. 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 Okay saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? And the cops still dragging these family members out. What's amazing too, the cops came because there were were six people in the home. That was the number. Do you know how many cops showed up? Six cops. That doubled the risk of COVID, right? Made the risk of transmission so much worse. I don't think it's about COVID. I don't think it's about transmission at all. That sort of thing probably would not happen in America just yet because Americans have more of a tradition of protecting our, our property and protecting our families. And because Americans through the Bill of Rights have the instruments to do so. But you've seen Americans roll over. All year long, we've rolled over. We've rolled over on our businesses. We've rolled over on our rights. We've rolled over on the way that we vote. So who knows, who knows when that, when that could come here. That is an unacceptable power grab. And the only way that it's going to stop is if we stand up and stop it. This is why I say often when I have to wear the mask, there are certain public places where they force you to. They won't let you get on an airplane, for instance, if you don't wear the mask. Then I will wear it below my nose. (laughs) I will wear it above my mouth. I will at least protest in some way. And more often than not, what I will do is not wear the mask at all. The argument for the masks early on, well, first of all, they said there's asymptomatic spread. Turns out that's almost certainly bogus. They said the masks are completely useless. Remember Fauci told us that at the beginning of the pandemic, he said, all it does is sort of make you feel better, but it doesn't actually do all that much to stop the spread of the virus, which is obviously true. But then he completely reversed his opinion and all of a sudden we had to We had to believe him then too, even though he had no credibility anymore. Then we were told the masks aren't about protecting you. It's about protecting other people. Then we were told in the future, only people who are sick are going to wear masks, which undercuts the the very argument that they were just making. It's all ridiculous. It's all self-contradictory. But, but most of all, it's not the, the central argument for the masks. The political argument was it's going to help us get back to normal faster. It's not. I always knew it was going to be the opposite. It, you don't feel better when you go out and you see everyone wearing masks. You feel a lot worse. You feel like we're living through the Black Death, even though, even though we're living through an epidemic where the survival rate is 99.7%. You look around, you see everyone wearing masks. You say, oh my gosh, this is really, really bad. Biden has promised you're going to have another hundred days of masking. Who knows? Maybe you'll have more than that. Some public health experts are saying we're always going to wear masks on airplanes. The hysteria is still growing. There was was a a poor young millennial gal who was in an elevator wearing a mask. And there was another millennial gal who was a little more reasonable. And uh, she had had the mask on, I guess, in in an inappropriate way or wasn't totally covering her nose. The millennial masker had a complete nervous breakdown. You are a delivery person incorrectly wearing the mask inside is of the house. Is building. this incorrectly worn, guys? To do it? Is this incorrectly worn? It wasn't like that the whole <laughs> time. Oh, man. <laughs> I love this delivery gal who just says, like, oh, looks fine to me. I guess she had pulled it up or something by the time she turned the odds that this screaming millennial will die from the virus are st- statistically zero 0%. the odds that she gets a little sniffle and a cough if she even gets the virus are that's about the worst that's about the worst thing that's that's likely to happen to her and yet she's freaking out that is a a different epidemic. It's not the epidemic of coronavirus, it's the epidemic of hysteria. And that didn't come to us by way of China, that came to us by way of Democrats and elected or unelected public health bureaucrats. That needs to end. The risk of that hysteria, the risk of demagogues taking more and more power, the risk of elections never having very much integrity again. If we have voting season that goes on for months and no verification and no transparency and no oversight and computers that we can't really look into all that well and polling locations that we can't look into all that well and state constitutions that are violated. That is a far, all of that is a greater threat. And don't forget all the election shenanigans were justified on the premise of coronavirus. That is a far greater threat than the virus. And that's what we need to stand up against. Fortunately, I don't need to wear a mask very often in Nashville. This is one of the great things about moving to Nashville. However, the minute I move to Nashville, I think, okay, good. I'm leaving the craziness of Los Angeles. I'm leaving the craziness of New York. I'm moving to sleepy old Nashville, with relatively a sort of quiet city compared to the coasts. And we have a terrorist attack within a month or so of moving here. I actually was driving. This was on, was it Christmas morning? Maybe I was driving to, yeah, I guess it would have been Christmas morning. I was driving to church and I'm, you know, sort of driving in and I go to take the exit and the exit's blocked off. So that's weird. Go around, take another exit, another exit's blocked off. I say, is this some sort of Luciferian plot to keep me away from mass on Christmas morning? No, it wasn't that. It was because the city had been shut down with this, with this bombing. A guy drove an RV downtown. Uh, then there was a voice that came over a loudspeaker. It said, back away, back away. Don't come anywhere near. Obviously, this person didn't want to kill a lot of people. And uh, then they started playing the song downtown. You know, that song? da, 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 and life is getting you low. You can always go downtown. They start playing that and then the truck explodes. Blows up a whole block. And then this was what was weird. Our cell phones all went out because the, the, RV targeted an AT&T location. And I figured an AT&T location, what, they sell cell phone cases in there? No, this was a real AT&T location. This was very, the bomb was extremely sophisticated and the location was extremely sophisticated. It took down cell service here for days. You couldn't call 911 even. You had no data. I couldn't, I tried to call my grandparents on Christmas Day, couldn't do it. there are very few answers to what happened. It's all very vague. They're saying, oh, it was some kind of loner guy, sort of didn't have any connection to anybody. Nothing to see here. No reason to keep covering the story. The media have more or less blacked out the story. And that's it. Oh yeah, he targeted telecoms, which was, you know, very, very vulnerable in the event of uh, some military operation, for instance. Uh, One of the first things they would do is target telecoms. Yeah, well, anyway, nope, no answers. Nope. Sorry. Wipe your hands. Who knows? I obviously have no idea what happened with the bombing, don't know who the guy is, don't know if the stories we were be, being told are true or not. This gets to the broader political point because actually my interest is not even in this particular bombing. I'm glad no one was hurt other than the bomber. My interest here, or there were I guess there were people who were injured, but every, everyone survived, everyone, everyone lived, other than the bomber who's now splattered on Second Avenue. The real issue here is that nobody trusts the institutions that are telling us what happened. If you, if you go out right now and you say, hey, do you believe that we know everything that happened at the Nashville bombing and that the investigative agencies are being forthright with that information? Just poll people. I bet most people would say, not a chance. Same thing with that Las Vegas shooting. Remember that Las Vegas shoot? It was like one of the largest terrorist attacks in American history. And it just got wiped from the media and no one really knows anything about it still. Remember that? That was weird. I'm not positing any theory of what happened. I'm just saying it's a little odd that we don't know very much about these attacks. And moreover, I'm making the political point that even if we did get a lot of information, people have so little faith in these institutions that we wouldn't believe the answers even if we got them. And that is not the people's fault. That is not the fault of conspiracy theorists, that is not the fault of fake news websites. That is not the fault of cynical politicians who, who sow distrust and discord in the country. No, that is the fault of the ruling elites themselves. That is the fault of Obama's FBI and DOJ, which spied on his political opponent. That is the fault uh, and not, didn't just spy on Trump, by the way then launched an attempted coup d'etat for three and a half years, which, by the way, might have some role in why a lot of people don't trust the results of the 2020 election, which, by the way, was conducted in a way completely out of accord with historical precedent and in some places was illegal and unconstitutional, quite obviously. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe Barack Obama's IRS targeting his political opponents and specifically the Tea Party. Maybe that is something to do with it. Maybe these institutions, uh, especially in the government, but even beyond the government, these, these uh, globalized corporate institutions that constantly sell out, not just the American worker, but American culture. Maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe the idea that the NFL, f- stay with me for a second. The idea that the NFL which is supposed to be something that we can all come together and doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican or this or that, you come together and just watch a ball game. The fact that that league now opposes the United States, now almost officially protests the United States, the symbol of the whole country, the star-spangled banner. Maybe that's why we don't have faith in those institutions. It is not conservatives who have been sowing this sort of discord it is not conservatives who have been sowing this kind of disloyalty to country. It is exclusively the left that has done it. And now they just want us to roll over and trust them, trust the experts, trust Dr. Fauci. There's a, there's a real irony because, you know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been attacking Donald Trump's handling of coronavirus. Dr. Fauci handled coronavirus. There's actually, there's a great clip that had been going around of all the, act, all the attacks on Fauci, or rather all the attacks on Trump, just juxtaposed next to images of Fauci saying the exact same thing for which uh, Biden and Harris were attacking Trump. Because of course, it's the, 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 Trump's biggest problem in 2020 is that he allowed Dr. Fauci and the bureaucratic establishment to dictate all national policy. Look where it got him. Look where it got us. We can't just trust those guys. We're being told now that if we continue to question the results of the 2020 election, that we're upsetting democratic norms. We're not the ones who upset the democratic norms. The left is. And so now there's no question of, do we, do we mention this even? Do we acknowledge this? The only question is, do you push back against it or do you roll over? Even, though, even knowing, by the way, that it's probably not going to work out for it. We're probably not going to get another four years of Trump right, right now, <laughs> maybe in four years, who knows. But just knowing that we cannot let them take another inch and another inch and another inch. That's the whole fight. That's, the whole, that's why we're in this right now. And I think we should pursue that fight as long as we can. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. Supervising Producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production Manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and Associate Producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio Mixer, Mike Coromino. Hair and Makeup by Nika Geneva. And Production Assistant, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire Production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. You know, The Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those